everybody. Connor Lestoka here. This is 372 Pages We'll Never Get Back, the podcast where Mike Nelson and I read books that we're not expecting to like. We are currently reading Digital Fortress by Dan Brown, the uh, first book he ever wrote, and it is a somewhat thrilling adventure that has taken us to the exotic realm of Sevilla, as also to the NSA headquarters, and that's it. Mike, which is, which of those two is your favorite location in the book? Oh, man. It's like a, it's at this point, it's a door slamming farce, right? They're just uh, moving from node, was it node six or node three? Node three, three to node and, three to the office, back to node three. Sometimes carrying doors. a woman back and forth. It's all, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just, uh, it's, it's a comedy of errors at this point. Yeah. I haven't picked a, a location. I know what I don't like is Spain. Oh, revolting. Yeah. Just oh. rat, rat country parched hellscape yeah we get more of that this time around but uh i had a fun uh, little experience that i think uh you and our listeners listeners will probably enjoy i was playing poker uh with some friends online Mm -hmm. the other night Mm -hmm. and uh have the video chat going as we're playing and uh my friend richard his daughter was uh joined him and she sort of understands you know that that daddy's gambling now and is trying to give him advice and stuff she's (laughs) She's probably five or six, you know, the age where they're sure you can actually have some fun with them. And so I had been eliminated from the tournament uh, rather early on, and so I was just sort of having fun with uh, with the guys. But uh, started talking to her, and I realized that you know the Zoom backgrounds could provide some some fun um, sure. for the kids because no one else was using one. But you know we've been we've taken full advantage of those. Um, so I called up, like uh, I put a, a picture of, of of Richard and his wife from our wedding, just because I thought that would be fun. I put up like uh, I don't know what else I had the the fake beach background and she was really into them and then the the first one I had ever tried you know at a at a Rift Tracks meeting was uh, the rig cow oh yes so oh, I <laughs> so I called up the the rig cow which is like looking uh, you know it's on the bed it's like got the full cow face and then it has this enormous like bulbous butt behind it in that's mm-hmm. you know inflated. Um, and so she, of course, was delighted by this. And her, her question was, do your kids play on that thing? <laughs> she thought it was like a, a moon bounce or something like that, that you could go and jump on or something, which I just... Well, I mean, is there any human mind that could see, conceive what its uh, <laughs> exactly. intended use is uh, at first glance? I, I think not. <laughs> so uh, that's, a, that's a good... Uh, that That's as good as any. Yeah, exactly. So it's uh, the, the charming... Uh, naivety out of the mouth of babes made me made me chuckle. So probably maybe I'll send her a a, a, a Chuckette shirt or something. Oh please no. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, look, we have all the departments, and uh, I'm going to be administering real or fanfic to uh, Connor. This very time, exciting, so. very excited. Yeah, it's a good it's a good batch. We were trying out a. I had purchased a new microphone that has a new feature that I was looking for, and Connor and I were playing with it, and. Uh, uh, he apparently said my voice sounded like um, Buffalo Bill from uh, Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, I just sort down. of dropped down a, a pitch or two there. It was really but I do feel like putting. this morning my voice hasn't woken up yet, so I may sound a little like Buffalo Bill, you know, until the f- chapter 97 or whatever. So, <laughs> Oh, well, that's uh, chapter 90. We're only doing uh, 293 chapters today, so that's uh, right. less than a quarter of the way through. Uh, so what's the plot so far? We're looking for a... There's a magic ring. A what did Hitchcock call him? What, MacGuffin. What the, a MacGuffin in uh, in Seville, Spain, with our hero David Becker, the greatest 
uh, squash player the world has ever seen. Greatest squash player, greatest professor of linguistics, uh, but he earns somehow he's getting paid below minimum wage by Georgetown University. It's a big, uh, it's a big scandal. They should really look into that. But he also, I mean, he hates money, so it seems like it's the perfect thing for him. Oh, he hates yeah. money. He's a step aside from shaving his head into a, a circle on top of his head and joining a monastery to renounce all earthly possessions. Mm-hmm. Uh, of, of weird trade, he likes to beat up on his squash partners and then make them drink weird beverages of his own choosing. <laughs> and he is in love with the unbelievably gorgeous, the, I mean, words don't even... You know, the uh, uh, armies have been launched in search of this woman. Yeah, Helen of Troy is a piece of dog shit compared to her. <laughs> she's a reverse Medusa. You, if you, if you look at her, she's so beautiful that you turn to stone. Right, um, and he's in love with her, and she works at the NSA. And so, those are the two scenes. And right now, David is in pursuit of the ring at the airport. Yeah, where, just... where people go to sell trinkets of, <laughs> of value, as everyone knows, as if I had to say that. Why did I? Even... Right. Yeah, he's he's there because he uh, he bought the uh, the ring off of the punk girl that he uh, was maced in the face by uh, a few chapters earlier. Megan. Yes. Megan the punk. Of course. <laughs> yes. Um, well, yeah, so it, it sort of picks up uh, with uh, David believing that he's reached the end of his line. He says, you know, it was over, truly over. He was on his way home. The ring on his finger was the grail he'd been seeking. And I just thought, like, lay it on thick, Dan. You've, you've, you, we, we all can see that there's, uh, there's 60 more chapters left to go. Right. But. <laughs> <laughs> I'm holding in my right hand a thick stack of papers. Uh, there's no way that this is over. But uh, he, what is he, he hears a noise in the bathroom or something or he goes in there to do something he hears something he's going to wash uh, out the rest of the pepper guard out of his eyes i think right and he says he hears something a uh, person he says probably megan he thought he's at an airport <laughs> <laughs> i mean i know it's late but <laughs> there's they're the only two people there's seriously just a janitor and then megan Right. And I guess there's the clerk is probably the desk clerk is probably signed off already. So <laughs> yeah. probably a, Megan in an airport bathroom. The regional rep from Aunt Anne's pretzels that's come to uh, you know do the <laughs> the ten point inspection. Maybe I like this uh, description that uh, doesn't hold up to any scrutiny. He's trying to call and let them know that he has the ring. Becker frowned and hung up. He'd forgotten <laughs> getting an international connection from Spain was like roulette, all a matter. Of timing and luck. So what's your favorite strategy for timing the roulette wheel when you go to Vegas? <laughs> I mean, like, unless you're, unless you're, uh, unless you're like, you know, distracting the, the croupier guy with like, look, the Goodyear blimp and then putting your chips on the number that just landed. There is a, there's no way to time the, uh, the game of roulette. No, I think it's uh, that, that's kind of the point of it. Yeah. <laughs> unless you're one of those guys that like, oh, it's been black six times in a row. Reds do. Right. <laughs> uh, well, we we finally get. Well, uh, I think this is the first direct confrontation with our uh, with our our villain, right? Uh, yeah. Um, In the bathroom. Sure. Yeah. He's uh, he sees that sort of Megan's uh, uh, duffel bag is in a stall in the women's room, um, and so being a um, person whose behaviors do not resemble a human's in any way he sort of starts like knocking on the door and trying to talk to her as she's presumably you know taking a dump mm -hmm. and then of course it turns out that she is dead 
but uh, I think that's he he learns that after he barges into the stall <laughs> to presumably disrupt her her uh, her number two of the uh, and she's a teenager. Keep in mind, yes, because, I forgot. because he says <laughs> so. Hanging on the side of the stall where the teenagers dropping the deuce, and uh, no, it turns out she's dead. And then, uh, and then we meet what I'm Who? calling him. I think just Yulo because it is uh, the most unpronounceable name. Sure. And I, I looked mean, it up, and the only reference to it is Dan Brown's Digital Fortress. Oh wow, nice. <laughs> so it is. He he made up a name that no one could pronounce. It's pronounced Hulo Low. Yeah, or, I mean, I would just Hulo Lot. Hulo Hot. Yeah. He's the deaf assassin. Yeah, Hulo Hot. The other thing people said is that uh, mutation strings, the thing that uh, that the you know digital fortress is essentially reliant on to work. Sure. Uh, those, if you Google them, only lead to digital fortress or people asking <laughs> if digital fortress is talking about a real thing. Um, if you look up squash playing professors too, <laughs> the only digital fortress. That's all you get. Uh, so yeah, he blasts at uh, him, and they they have a fight, and he runs out, and that's it. Yeah, he 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 shoots him like into he into the stall. The bullet explodes. Um, uh, Mierda Hulohat sees somehow at the last possible instant David Becker had dived out of the way. Um, the the gun went off. There was a flash of red, but it was not blood. It was something else. An object had materialized as if out of nowhere, which is just, you know, the kind of great writing we expect from Dan Brown, just deus exes throwing themselves at uh, trained assassins who, as we'll see, uh, are, are unable to to hit their target, even given multiple attempts at point-blank range. Right. But he speeds off on his Vespa, so thus begins a very uninvolving Vespa chase. I don't know, maybe you liked it. I was not a fan. I did not like it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the the only other thing from this chapter was the uh, uh, his realization. Um, he dried his face on the sleeve of his jacket, and then it suddenly occurred to him. In all the excitement, he'd forgotten where he was. He was at the airport. So he's oh my god! You know, it's what? just you, you, you you're taking you're washing your face off at the airport bathroom, and and again these genius characters have somehow like they forget where they are, and then it says it was hard to believe. Becker thought after all this. He had ended up right back where he started, and I was just, how is that hard to believe? He's he 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 arrived into the country by plane, and then unless there was some intricate uh, you know boat scheme planned, he was most likely planning to leave by the right. same plane. <laughs> it's uh, it's just uh, uh, at this point you sort of have to throw up your hands, and we get a lot more of that uh, throughout the course of this. I flew to San Diego. I spent a week there, and then I was surprised. After the week was over, to find myself back at the airport, <laughs> you're uh, having a beer at Chili's to go, and just sort of shaking your head and chuckling how it how it had come to this. Did he? But he he did that. He forgot where he was, and then he was surprised to find himself there. But he didn't ponder. He didn't wonder what Susan was doing and if he was able to meet her at the. Uh, yeah. Where the hell are they going? The lodge? Stone Corral or, yeah, the stone something. <laughs> <laughs> he stops to do that at least once every four yes. five minutes, but. Uh, all right, so chapter eighty-two. Yeah, that she's not going to the Stone uh, Corral Lodge because she's been currently being lugged around by uh, Hale as a hostage. The uh, psycho marine, ex marine. Yes, 
psychotic, but damn, he's good with the codes. <laughs> Even though he morally opposes the agent that, you see, that, he is, uh, that he is working for. But he's worried now, so he's dragging her around because the director's out there somewhere mm-hmm. with his gun. And so he's pulling her around like a rag doll and kind of you know, using her as a human shield. Yes. And, uh, but he's still throwing in weird little brags about his Lotus, <laughs> which is a typical U.S. Marine. <laughs> Besides, once outside the NSA without a hostage, Hale knew he was as good as dead. Not even his Lotus could outrun a fleet of NSA helicopters. <laughs> That's exactly my note. It seems like something he would say to remind you he has a Lotus. <laughs> <laughs> Just an odd time to throw that in there. We got to admire his commitment to still getting it out there. Yeah, he's committed to the to the douchebag lifestyle. Uh, don't forget that that Lotus's license plate does say megabyte either. That's an important detail. Right. right. Uh, yeah, and this section you just sort of get a lot of a lot of nonsense about like going up the stairs and then back down the stairs, um, which I, you know, those, those like we said, there are there are only two locations uh, in this office, so they do have to sort of just travel back and forth between them. Mm-hmm. It's but, uh, you know the friend's apartment or the coffee shop. You really <laughs> you don't uh, you don't have much other choice, so write it there. Um, but I was amused. We we sort of got a uh, we got another uh, calm dot 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 mander uh which we mm-hmm. we did an audio imitation challenge of last time but the the whole uh the whole thing hinged on the ex-marine remember <laughs> the ex-marine was was fooled by a septuagenarian throwing his shoe uh not just his shoe his loafer <laughs> which i thought made it sound even more ridiculous yes i i took my loafer off and threw it <laughs> Threw it up the stairs, I guess, right behind him. Yeah. And he was at the bottom of the stairs. So it's the old, you know, thing in the movie of taking a rock and throwing it in the other place and then coming out and start shooting. But it works. Um, and at that point, uh, he says, like, what, when is security coming? Susan asks him and Strathmore chuckled. Oldest trick in the book. I faked the call. <laughs> so he's still, he just shot Hale and he's chuckling and... <laughs> So the director's having a good old time. Yeah, um, and Susan is sitting there gape-mouthed. She goes, Susan, we've got all the time in the it. world. Susan was lost. Not coming? But you phoned. And that's when he chuckles and says, <laughs> oldest trick in the book. <laughs> so she, she, she really does whipsaw between four-year-old child and most brilliant person on the on the earth. It is. It's the uh, it's when you when you put the dog treat under the blanket and the your your dumber breeds of dogs just sort of sit and look at you. <laughs> but yeah, it's you know it's it, for, again it's it's we all we all ended the last section chapter I think eighty by him calling security and we we hashed it out and I'm sure everyone listening was like well clearly he did not call security. Um, it's just that's the way this works, and when we all didn't even ponder it for a second. So uh, <laughs> when you're when you're writing a book where that happens, it's it's hard to pretend that your genius might not also be along on the same page. It was also rather f- uh, a foggy point to hang so much drama on. Like you called security. Like what 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 exactly does that mean? Right. <laughs> like, yes. Hale freaks out. She can't believe it. Like but but digital fortress. Uh, it's like well, I, I don't know what security just comes and sees a guy with a gun holding a woman and they you know take whatever happens happens but <laughs> yeah uh yeah i mean just, we've been told that you know this is the off day at the nsa so it's not like they have a uh, a bunker of guys we we met the security guard on the way in and all he did was uh, perv on susan's legs 
right. as he waved <laughs> through. Right. Um, that's all I have for uh, for eighty two. Uh, yeah, that was, that, and... that was it. That was it. Eighty three is the uh, is the Vespa chase. Um, it, <laughs> it does mention this is so. Greg Hale would uh, would would be utterly disdainful of this Vespa because it says its top speed, a whining fifty miles an hour, sounded more like a chainsaw than a motorcycle. And so I, I read that and I was like, well, I mean, uh, that's not good, but at least hopefully it can still become airborne. But the sentence continued <laughs> and was fortunately well below the necessary power to become airborne. I noted that as what what is Dan Brown? There's a couple places he starts that you get some Dan Brown humor. Yeah. <laughs> like from the narrator kind of thing or from the, you know, omnipotent narrator or sort of put into the heads of the people. And it just, boy, does it land there with a thud it's terrible um but i don't have much for this because it's just a really boring vespa fight i believe he says later by the way that the vespa was reached 60 oh (laughs) so i don't know what i guess the the, he didn't know there was an afterburner or something sure (laughs) well yeah he says uh he's he's the the hulo hot has jumped in a taxi and sort of said follow that vespa or maybe he's driving it, I guess. He shot it. He stole it, yeah. yeah. He, he stole it. But uh, Becker wondered if the taxi could overtake him in that distance, the distance to the plane. Uh, he knew Susan could do the math in two seconds and calculate his odds. Could she? Could she, you know, based on what we've, what we've really seen? Uh, you know, I think she would, like, stare at the Vespa, you know, with uh, four or two seconds and then maybe start drooling and be distracted by, you know, the scent of cologne or something. The door opens and closes. <laughs> Oldest trick in the book, Susan. Um, but then uh, the 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 assassin uh, follows behind him and just sort of keeps shooting and uh, and just has has no no ability to do this. And I guess it's tricky because he is driving a car. But you just get uh, the bullet buried itself in the runway yards behind him. Becker looked back. The assassin was hanging out the window, taking aim. Becker swerved, and his side mirror exploded in a shower of glass. He could feel the impact of the bullet all the way up the handlebars. So I, th- I tried to keep track. I, I might have missed it. But I think at this point, the, uh, the, the world's greatest assassin has missed him seven or eight times. And, oh, and, wow. And several of those were at, at point-blank range in the bathroom. Yeah, right. <laughs> Although, well, we'll get to it. His, his ability to aim takes a turn a little bit later, though. <laughs> but if, for right now, he's just, yeah, he's a, uh, a stormtrooper from Star Wars. Yeah. He can't hit anything. And then they, they sort of, they, they approach the hangar. He's not able to stop, but I think it's sort of just like a, uh, a cartoon car chase where the, the taxi crashes through it first, leaving a perfectly taxi-sized hole that the Vespa mm-hmm. can then drive through. And uh, I, I just noted that, like, all the damage it's taking, if you've ever driven a, a Vespa in one of the Grand Theft Auto games, they're the, the, the fastest video that loses the ability to control it at all if it's if it's involved in, like, going up the curb or something. So uh, his ability to, you know, then drive it on a highway, it would be fishtailing everywhere based on uh, what I assume are, are very realistic video games. Uh, I've, I've never played the Grand Theft Auto, but the, oh, the Vespa, you don't recommend the Vespa? No, no, no. Do not hop on one of those unless you're utterly desperate. It's uh, okay. you got to wait for one of the uh, someone to drive by in a nice sports car. So, yeah, Chapter 84. Chapter uh, 84, yeah. This is a Jabba-centric. Very brief chapter in which we uh, get to see a little bit more color of the tadpole pig man <laughs> and meet the delightful Soshi Kuta. Oh, tell, what's your what's your favorite uh, part about Soshi's character? 
Oh, the fact that she's a 90-pound live wire. Mine too, because that's the yeah, only part about the her only character. Trait. <laughs> is, she, is it in an anagram for something? I, I didn't spend any time. I don't know. I mean, looking at it right now, so cute leaps out at me. I mean, if she's a 90-pound live wire who's a, a razor-sharp sack techie from MIT, it sounds like she's probably Jabba's uh, manic pixie dream girl. So, Yeah. Um, but uh, in order to talk to her, he has to slither out from under the place that he was. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he's also serpentine. Uh, I assume he's covered in some sort of mucus or something. Well, yeah, where the solder burns are uh, are not actively festering. Right, right. He says uh, internal work was always cramped, especially for a man of his size, and they just keep building them smaller. He mused. So Dan Brown is really just landed on thick to Jabba at this point in time. Yeah. Poor guy. Uh, but nothing nothing happens in that chapter. He's doing yeah. his thing of just... You Ignoring. Know, cut, yeah, just cut back and forth. Cut, he, cut, cut, cut. It ends with him dashing down the hall towards the data bank, which is a uh, an image that I would I would like to see. So, Dash? I didn't think Dash was in his repertoire. But, yeah, uh, I did, you know, two minutes. I mean, it doesn't specify how long he dashed. It could have been, you know, three seconds before um, eight minutes of catching his breath, so... Well, a brief bit of dignity for Jabba there, being able to dash. So, bravo, Dan Brown. Thank I'm, you. I'm guessing, my prediction is we do not see Soshi again. We'll see if that bears out. Mm, all right. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that's it. Uh, chapter 85 uh, goes back down to Node 3, where Susan is just still uh, unable to comprehend the, the the genius she has witnessed by him pretending to call security. Susan couldn't get over the artful maneuver the commander had just executed. He faked the call. So it, it is. It's like it is like the dog. It's like uh, it's like a, a kid who witnessed you pull a uh, a quarter out of their ear. It's it. <laughs> uh, right. I mean, you know, uh, speaking of Amadeus in the past few episodes, uh-huh. I think. Remember the the party scene where he's playing the piano upside down. They're turning him over. He's playing it uh, opposite handed. Uh-huh. That that's the kind of reaction Susan's like. Oh my god, <laughs> he faked a phone call. <laughs> he is. I I mean, the man. The, his mind knows no end. Yeah, she's she's just gonna. She's she's a step away from just like weeping openly at uh, just at the <laughs> the greatest man she's ever known, as I believe they called him. <laughs> Uh, and then we get some more deep analysis from our author. Uh, how the hell do civilizations defend themselves against a police state when the guy at the top has access to all their lines of communication? How do they plan a revolt? Susan had heard this argument many times. The future <laughs> government's argument was a stock EFF complaint. <laughs> I, I think it's an actual concern. It really is. Right. The hand waving on this issue is just mind numbing. It's yeah, yeah. Really? This is as deep as you want to go? Like these <laughs> idiots. Yeah, it's uh we we we've talked about it a lot. It just seems to be a uh I, I'm not sure if this was just an an early days of all this stuff. I mean, I guess this is before stuff like the you know, Patriot Act Patriot Act, which was you know, renewed people's concerns about government overreach, I guess, but it's like <laughs> it really is a uh, a a college debate team type of uh here you go again type of thing. Yeah, she's just yeah rolling her eyes at any concerns about the government <laughs> snooping. It's just bizarre, and you're expected to that that's that's the the way to think about it. It's not because the whole plot hinges on that. Like, of course, we all want this to happen, right? 
right? Yeah, we I don't all, know. We all want the NSA to win and spy on us at, uh, you know, in every device that we have in perpetuity throughout the universe, right? <laughs> it is before, you know, I, I guess your average Joe had heard of them and certainly before the EFF who came on my radar probably in 2005 and stuff. So maybe it was just a, a different era. But yeah, the, the concerns haven't changed. <laughs> right. Weird. I liked uh, this part. Uh, she says, uh, I think this is, oh yeah, she says, I snooped Strathmore. The email in my account was mail I copied out of Strathmore's account. Oh no, Hale is saying this, I guess. Email comment stole from Tankado. Then she says, bull, you could never snoop the commander's account. And so I was curious at this point in time, how, what, what's your guess on the uh, number of times snoop shows up in the whole book? Mm, I feel like it's a recent development of snoop. <laughs> but um, I'll say seventeen. Oh man, I would have. I was the answer is nineteen, and I. Okay. I, I guess it was just such a unique way of saying spy <laughs> that I thought it was. Uh, you know, probably twice that would have been my guess. It it also it kind of bothers me in that way that um, you know when we have our giveaways for our shows and they call them digital goodies, <laughs> and, and I just the words just stick in my mouth. I hate saying it, and Snoop has that. You you could never snoop the commander. Right, yeah. It's, it, it's like when you have to order something at a restaurant and they give it a silly name, you know, like, I'll have the uh, uh, the, the Captain Chowder Burger, like, <laughs> and the waitress doesn't hear you. The what? I'm sorry, sir? Oh, the Captain Chowder Burger. You know, you yes. feel like an idiot. Can I just have this, this yeah. thing? The next person is like, I'll have the Coke oven with the... Uh... <laughs> yes. yeah. But yeah, it, 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 just, it has that sort of childish uh, tone to it. So when you're when you're yelling to a man whose wrists are bound about a matter of national security, it does seem like bullshit. You could never snoop the commander's account. Right. Uh, but once again, the credulous Susan, because uh, she, uh, he's they're just having a back and forth over all this stuff. Like he's claiming his innocence and all of that, and Strathmore's the real villain, and and then she says. Hale's good, Susan thought. He's got an angle for everything. Well, it's like, well, he's either lying or telling the truth, but it's not like a three-dimensional chess. He's just, you know what I mean? He's an angle? He's just, you know, they're just having this discussion. He's like yelling. I don't I don't see this as, uh, you know, it's Spock, like calmly putting his fingertips together and like figuring out every angle. Right, yeah. He's, he's yelling he's, as sirens are blaring. It says that he like needs to yell fast enough to get his words in in between the silence. So he, yeah, he sounds like a, a panicky idiot, I'm sure. Yes. And again, not the uh, not the multifaceted genius in terms of the Lotus with the megabytes license plate and uh, right. you know, uh, purple neon uh, trim around the license plate. Um, but plot wise, we learned there is no digital fortress, right? Strathmore failed. Uh, yeah. So the, the the whole the whole plot is essentially that there there is no digital fortress. Ensei Tenkado sort of lied um, to the thing and and sent a virus knowing that uh, Strathmore would bypass the virus protection and install it. So this was a this was Ensei Tenkado actually playing three dimensional chess to take down. Uh, translator, which was his, you know, he he resigned in protest of translator's overreach. Right. Which, uh, as a plot point, it really didn't, uh, you know, put a jolt into my system. I was kind of like, okay. I'm, right. <laughs> uh, all right. Right. You Sounds knew something good. was coming, and so that was sort of a, a, a letdown, I would guess. There was no uh, secret identity or anything like that. I liked, yeah. uh, <laughs> I liked this uh, as... as um, 
Susan is avenging uh, Greg Hale if he was right. She says, Susan imagined the headlines, all caps. Cryptographer Greg Hale unveils secret U.S. plan to control global information. And I just thought it was, you know, sort of charmingly naive the way a, a third grader would write a headline. Like, really? It would say cryptographer Greg Hale? It wouldn't say, like, <laughs> NSA employee or something like yes. his, his name? Uh, he, since he's not famous in the first place, it would it would make the, the front page? It sounds, you know. He has a quick uh, Ralphie from Christmas Story fantasy about <laughs> <laughs> people hoisting him on his shoulder and him doing the over-the-head salute. Yes, but it, it does. I mean, she's, that's what she's thinking. It says, was it Skip Jack all over again? Uncovering an NSA backdoor a second time would make Greg Hale famous beyond his wildest dreams. In what world? No, no, it wouldn't. <laughs> we can name, you know, uh, again, there's there's been a, there's a famous hacker these days. There's one of them. And that's pretty right. much society's like, we're going to let you have Snowden. We're not going to make any other hackers famous. Sorry. Right. <laughs> there's only one slot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's like uh, being but there's a, a famous a, a, cowboy a, monkey, uh, rodeo monkey. <laughs> Name them on your on one <laughs> hand. Uh, but then there's a cry from upstairs. It was Strathmore. So that's the end of chapter eighty-five. Unless you have anything else. No, this had the uh, this had the uh, thing we read in fanfic where. Um, Oh no, that wasn't it. The the parsing out the acronym comes later. So yep, that's uh that's just it. She she realizes there's a virus and hears a cry from upstairs where he has probably realized the same thing. So on to eighty six. Yeah, it starts off uh, in the same location as we've discussed before. It's one of those with a uh, just a great uh, a great back to back collection of sentences. Trevor Trevor Strathmore was hunched at his desk when Susan arrived breathless at his door. His head was down. His sweaty head glistening in the light of the monitor. <laughs> yeah, keep the, just keep the, the head descriptions coming of our of our beloved NSA uh, director here. Yeah, you want uh, two heads in a sentence is uh, <laughs> quite enough. Thank you. And, and we're, one of them is sweaty, though. I'll allow it. Yes, thank you. Slithering and sweaty. Um, this, I also find, just is a boring chapter about how they were fooled about Tankato's plan. I thought this was a lame chapter. Uh, well, so this is the uh, the realization, which I, I think is worth revisiting, just because it was part of a fanfic earlier. Uh, Strathmore pounded his fist on his fist on his desk. I should have known his screen name for Christ's sakes. And Dakota, look at it. What do you mean? He's laughing at us. It's a goddamn anagram. Susan puzzled a moment. And Dakota is an anagram. She pictured the letters and began reshuffling them in her mind. And Dakota, Cato Tan. Octodan, Tangdoka, her knees went weak. Strathmore was right. It was as plain as day. How could they have missed it? North Dakota wasn't a reference to the U.S. state at all. It was Dakota rubbing salt in the wound. He'd even sent the NSA a warning, a blatant clue that he called himself, that he himself was N. Dakota. The letters spelled Tangato, but the best code breakers in the world had missed it, just as he planned. And so ignoring the sheer ignorance there, I, I liked the just as he planned, like he planned on utter ignorance and, and stupidity from the people. It's like, you know, saying, uh, uh, you know, the ball went through Bill Buckter's legs just as the Mets had planned. Like, right. it, it's just a, it's a you, know, you can't possibly bank on the these people who we've been told are geniuses being that stupid. Yeah, I, that, I, I still can't believe that. That's why... <laughs> when that came up as fan fiction, obviously I, I bid on that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, on page one, didn't I, I think the first time that his name came up? I mean, so I don't know that I 
saw it, but someone sent it in immediately. Like, why is it North Dakota? Right, yes. <laughs> How dumb is that? Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's the it's it's your Scrabble tiles that you're like, oh, well, that would work pretty well, huh? I don't normally get them that quickly. Good for right. me. Uh, but here's another the credulous Susan. Tankata wouldn't dare, she declared, corrupting a country's classified records. Susan couldn't believe even NSA Tankata would dare attack the NSA databank. What? She thinks he wouldn't dare? Like, like it was just a bit rude or something? Or it's not good manners? What do you mean? That's his plan. What? Yeah, exactly. He's, that's, he's, what you're ta- that's what this whole thing has been about. I don't understand suddenly being, wait a minute, that, he's going to do that? Like, get, aren't we talking? Aren't we writing a book about this? <laughs> Why are you suddenly can't believe that he would do it? That's what your mission is all about. That's why there's a guy in in Spain. That's why <laughs> you're doing all this stuff. Well, her grasp on things is is as we've as we've been very clear about tenuous. But uh, this this further emphasizes that it says uh, it was now clear to Susan that Tenkato's plan had gone terribly wrong. He had not planned on dying. <laughs> <laughs> which you know i you know you, you probably probably ought to lay that out and everything that's not technically a suicide mission you should probably say like and of course you know this all hinges on us not dying uh right. you know we say that when we when we record a riff tracks or something like that when we're planning out what time of day to do it i will like uh, we have a habit in my house bridget will leave and she'll say um all right i'm going i'll be back and then i always do the oh you're oh you're coming back this isn't it <laughs> And she'll go, shut up. It must be fun. <laughs> I pick I pick my time. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, so she, uh, essentially he has installed ransomware. And his plan before he, uh, the unplanned blip of him dying happened was to uh, demand that they tell him, announce to the world that they had this uh, spy computer and that they are now shutting it down. And then he will give him his, his ring, which is, you know, what, uh, what uh, David has been sent to do. Yes, yes. So, but he thinks that the director can still stop this if he gets the ring, right? Uh, yeah, I guess she says uh, she says that he can call them and, and warn them that it's about to happen, or, or maybe they can they can unplug the computer and uh, and that will stop the the virus, something like that. I'm not sure. All right. <laughs> the last uh, so after the last thing in this thing I have is uh, uh, after everything we just read. Um, do we get this bit? Susan pounded her fist on the desk. We need that ring. It's the only pass key. She now understood there was no North Dakota. <laughs> oh my God. And so I looked, I, I, I did a count in the book, uh, 1,633 1, words earlier, she had thought to herself, North Dakota was a hoax. Um, so that, but, but now she understands that there was no North Dakota. It's important to, uh, to double down uh, for, for someone of her level of intelligence. Oh my God. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, I, I have nothing else for that chapter. Nope. And, uh, chapter 87 is pretty, uh, it's pretty sparse too for me. It's more of David driving the Vespa. He, uh, he sort of leaves the airport and, and loops back to a Seville neighborhood where we, um, you know. Yeah, it seems to be Dan Brown wanting to flaunt his knowledge of the map layout of Seville, I think. (laughs) Well, there's lots of specific references of avenues and things. (laughs) Yes, you you get that knowledge and you you don't have many opportunities to really lay it out. So I guess long con, you write a book where you can wedge it in and uh, have it be glaringly obvious. That's what you're trying to do. 
And it's strange because he seems to really, really loathe that city. <laughs> um, so, but he really likes to take the deep dive into its uh, the layout of its streets. So I just I, I don't I don't know how that works. But. <laughs> yeah, after we went to, after I finished reading it and went back to sort of digitize my notes, I got I realized there's some uh, Chekhovian uh, stuff in here where he says directly beside it the Heralda Tower shot 419 feet skyward into the breaking dawn. This was Santa Cruz home to the second largest cathedral in the world, as well as Seville's oldest, most pious Catholic families. So all of that stuff has uh, come into play by the end of this um, section, as you would you know, assume it would if you're, if you're telling people that. Yeah, right. And the only other thing I had was, by my count, at, uh, at, this, at this point, the uh, most trusted assassin of, uh, of Strathmore has, has shot and missed 11 times. Oh, wow. So he's <laughs> reloaded at least once. I, I guess we, he doesn't say what weapon he has, so right. it's, hard, it's hard to know. I think it's set a pistol, though. I think, uh, I think that's what we, you know, he, he, he broke other people's necks with his bare hands. But for, this, uh, for the key job, he has to, uh, he has to w- d- take out the big guns. Mm-hmm. Uh, so chapter 88, we just continue in media res here. He just broke up the chapters. We're just back on, uh, on Becker. Uh, Vespa. Yes, right. It's another one of those. Um, it sort of kicks off with a, a, a pretty, pretty good uh, de- declaration by our by our author. The human mind is the fastest computer in existence. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it just took a a, a genius one hundred one thousand six hundred words to conclude that North Dakota was a hoax after realizing. But I guess we will take his word on that. Right. Yeah. And saying something like that is the equivalent of like uh, saying, you know, the ultimate prey is man. You know, <laughs> like, you know, you're not being deep when you say yeah. stuff like that. <laughs> exactly. Uh, not a lot going on in this one. Um, oh, no, here we go. Yeah. Here's something. Uh, David stares at the engraved band, puzzled. He'd <laughs> forgotten he was wearing it. He'd forgotten why he had come to Seville. What is wrong with these people? <laughs> the human mind's the fastest computer in existence. I don't know. It's, uh... I mean, something medically wrong at this point? Blood <laughs> blood to the brain? Oxygen deprivation? What has happened? Does he have hypoxia? What Memento is disease? I don't know. Yeah. It's, I, don't know. Uh, I don't know. How many times have you been, been writing something in, in Google Docs and Google Docs just goes, oh, man, I need to take a minute. I forgot that... Um, I was uh, taking your keystrokes and recording them as letters into a document. That's uh, <laughs> sorry about that, man. <laughs> but that, so not only that, not only has he forgot where he was and why he's doing it. Listen to this: the bullet. He, so the, the 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 assassin finally grazes him. The bullet caught Becker in the side just as he stumbled around the corner, out of range. He took five or six strides before the sensation began to register. Again, fastest computer in existence. As first, it felt like a muscle pull just above the hip. Then it turned to a warm tingling. When Becker saw the blood, he knew. So to recap, he hears a gunshot, um, feels a sharp pain, <laughs> uh, but not until he does he does he see blood does he realize that he's been shot. Right. It's 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 very impressive. It just continues. <laughs> but this is where we get so. Hulo, Hulo hot. Yeah. Ugh. Sorry. I mean, that's how I read it. You had a more, probably more convincing exp- no, pronunciation. I was calling it Hulo. I don't know. <laughs> uh, he'd been tempted to hit Becker in the head, but he was a professional. He played the odds. Becker was a moving target and aiming at his midsection provided the greatest margin of error, both vertically and horizontally. Ugh. The odds had paid off. 
Becker had shifted at the last instant, and rather than missing his head, Hulo had caught a piece of his side. And so now here comes extra special knowledge. Although he knew the bullet had barely <laughs> grazed Becker and would do no lasting damage, the shot had served its purpose. Contact had been made. The prey had been touched by death. It was a whole new game. What What is happening now? I don't know. I want, I'm going to shoot him in the purpose? head. I'm going to shoot him in the head. Bang, I shoot. Oh, I instantly realize that I've grazed him, but great. Yeah. This is even better because contact had been made. What? <laughs> you were trying to shoot him in the head and kill him. <laughs> Maybe now he's taking it seriously, which was my intent all along. <laughs> it's just, is it him just trying to save face to himself? Or to the, yeah, I mean, or an editor being like, what the hell are you doing? Like, the, why is he not, why has he not shot him yet? Well, I'll add in an extremely unconvincing explanation rather than rewrite all this bullshit. I guess. <laughs> uh, I tried to shoot the deer, but I, you know, knocked off a piece of its antler. But that that's way better. Totally, that's way better. Because <laughs> now the deer is aware that I'm after him. Right, so. yes. Yeah, but that's pre, you know, so that would, you know, alert the deer. But you, this in this universe, he's already shot 11 times at the deer and missed, and the deer has, like, gotten way the hell away from him. The deer has hopped on a Vespa going at uh, top speed of 50, perhaps 60 miles an hour. Do you think it's at all plausible, though, that he knew the bullet had only grazed the piece of his side? I, as you're chasing, running at full speed down an alleyway and shooting, and you shoot a guy, and it, come on. I can tell that. Does he yeah. know from the blood loss? From the like, how does he know that? Yeah, I, mean, I, I would. I would assume that uh, as I flee someone who's trying to kill me, I get shot. I would assume that I'm, I'm minutes from death at that point in time. I'm not going to start, uh, you know, uh, medical examining myself as I'm still sprinting through the streets of Seville. Yes. <laughs> But uh, um, he he does. I mean, he. I, I guess he did think that thing that the walls were closing in because it says uh, uh, he closed his eyes. The memories came like a torrent, um, and so I assumed uh, that you know he was going to be thinking back on all the mundane things of his life because that's what I would. I mean, and mo- most people would probably look back on those you know two hour uh, rift tracks meetings we had or uh, going going to, to the uh, post office around Christmas. Waiting in those lines, that's what I would reflect back on. Being in the grocery store, like, um, when you're sent there for a specific ingredient and, like, texting Lauren or Bridget to say, like, was it this that you asked me to get? And, like, waiting to get a response, like, just sort of twiddling, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Or but, uh, that the second waiting room at the doctor's office when you thought you were going to get to go to the doctor, but you're just being led into a different waiting room. Yes. And yes. then you're in there for another 45 minutes. The, the, that's what I'd reflect on. Right. They were not memories of department meetings, university business, and the things that make up 90% of life. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> why, why? Why do we need to be told this? Like, you know, he closed his eyes. Uh, he He thought about circling back. He thought about running things up the flagpole and seeing who saluted. He thought about synergy. <laughs> but what were the things? Uh, I, I stopped taking notes, but it was okay. Like, here, here's what they were: um, simple memories, teaching her how to use chopsticks, sailing <laughs> on Cape Cod. That's that's it. <laughs> Those are the two. Those are the two. Oh wow! Oh man! Teaching her how to use chopsticks, sailing on Cape Cod. <laughs> Uh, and I, and I'm out. I'm done. <laughs> the only two things my life uh, has amounted to teaching somebody's no. chopsticks—extremely frustrating—and I imagine not enjoyable experience. Like, 
And he was also yeah. probably trying to teach her to eat orange juice with them or something. The lower one doesn't move. It doesn't move. The I'm trying, one... David. I am trying my hardest. I would rather well, use a fork. Well, this is stupid. Can we just get a fork, please? Can we get a fork? No, don't ask. Don't don't yell at the waiter just because you're not doing a good job of teaching me. He's just trying to do his job. Can we just go sailing? Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a uh, our characters are are great, and he also thinks this. I still don't understand this. Someone wrote in a, an email explaining it. He was standing naked, flesh and bones before God. So yeah, we've escalated quickly from teaching someone to use chopsticks. Mm-hmm. I am I am a man, he thought, and in a moment of irony, he thought a man without wax. Do you understand? I don't get it. And someone wrote in to say what it was, and I I forgot. do. I I was this the thing that he did this relate to the puzzle that he sent to her? Yeah, he would sign his notes. Uh, My love for you is without wax. I think. Yes, I I mean. It's stupid. It just I think it's where the word sincere comes from in okay. Latin. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it means that uh, a sculptor would make something and it was perfect. Uh, then it was without wax because they would fill in imperfections with wax. Ah, okay. Yes. So, but when you look okay. it up, I'm not sure that it's true. You I, mostly find Dan Brown. Yes, so. the author, <laughs> the, the email who wrote us in, it might be down here. Like, um, let me see what they said. Um but yeah, I think they I think they said that like most of the stuff in here, it's uh, it's either exaggerated or completely false. So yeah, I, I I wasn't sure that it was true after I'd looked at it. That that was the explanation, but it was all in reference to Dan Brown. So he could have made it up. Uh, but so yeah, yeah she's yeah. A, she she didn't know that then. Um, I guess he's a linguistic professor. So right, right. Uh, so that's that's how that ends in uh, chapter. Yeah, yeah he chapter. ends with uh, he, Dan Brown sort of turns into John Woo or something, just like he's his life slashing before his eyes, or at least those two incidents, and he's he's taking his what he thinks are his finals breath. Somewhere nearby, a bell began to toll. Like, s- settle down. Like, yeah. <laughs> we know how some, these scenes work in movies. Uh, some doves flew away in slow motion. Right. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Chapter eighty nine. What's this all about? Oh yeah, it's the uh, it's how he miraculously escapes the situation of he's at a dead end of an alley and the uh, assassin is approaching. But that bell that was tolling, um evidently every family in Seville sort of waits at their uh front door, their gate to their yard like uh Black Friday shoppers and as soon as that bell tolls, they all stream into the streets at the same time to go to a uh, Sunday church. Mm-hmm. Dressed in the same outfit. <laughs> uh, but he did, uh, Dan Brown finally delivers a, an analogy that I can I can kind of get behind. Okay. He, he turned. The cathedral doors loomed before him, like the opening to some dark carnival ride he wished he hadn't taken. David Becker suddenly realized he was going to church. I think we've all been that, you know, like, do we, do, mom, do I really have to go to church? Yes. <laughs> it's a dark carnival ride. I wish I hadn't taken. Uh, so I, I appreciated that. <laughs> it is. That was the, uh, that was probably the, the points of my life where the, the yelling at me to get out of bed was, was, was more angry and uh, emphatic than at any other time. Just like the Sunday morning, like somehow you're able to sleep until 11 as a, 16 year old even though you haven't been out like you know drinking or anything it's just like would you get out of bed i am not going to ask you a fourth time (laughs) my brothers and i would make these elaborate uh pleas to our parents about how much 
church took out of our Sunday and like, look, you know, we work hard all week at school and then you just carve out this big <laughs> and we it would like present charts of look at how much time it takes wow. to get dressed and then to actually go there and then there and then you always got to hang around and mom talks <laughs> to everyone and they, they didn't bite on that. <laughs> yeah, because the, the alternative is like, well, do you want to get up and go to the 8 o'clock service as opposed to 11? It's like, oh, <laughs> no, but that's the nuclear <laughs> option. No, thank you. All right. But yeah, so, so uh, these guys, goes to church. they sort of swarm out and they create like a, uh, like Austin Powers type of diversion. And uh, they, they, they push him past Hula Hot, like in a, uh, like a mosh pit type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, they say Becker tried to break away toward Mateus Gago. I don't remember what that means, but he was trapped. He was shoulder to shoulder, heel to toe with the shoving throngs. And then with this detail, the Spaniards had always had a different idea of closeness than the rest of the world. Okay. Does not elaborate, does not, you know, say what that means. Just that like, they're sort of like all moving to church at the same, uh, at the same pace as if it's like a, they're an, they're an organism moving as one. Is it like those uh, remote tribes that have, uh, you know, number system is one, two, three, and more than three? They just have a different understanding of, yes, like the Spaniards. They don't know what close means or far. Like Elmo needs to explain it to yes, them. Yes, exactly. Near, far. <laughs> well, well, he's got a really twisted view of this of Spain and the, the whole thing. It's impressive. I love it. But yeah, it ends at the uh, the the best ch- cl- chapter cliffhanger since. Uh, but first, he had to use the restroom. So then we get <laughs> now he's going to church. He's going to church. <laughs> uh, cut back to chapter ninety with Strathmore. Yes, this has some good details. Yeah, he's <laughs> uh, the, the introspective Strathmore is my favorite Strathmore. <laughs> Yeah, so it's been alluded to that his uh, his marriage has been on the rocks, and that's sort of why he's been, you know, burning the midnight oil at the office. But this is the first uh, actual inkling we get about why that is, and it delivers on uh, on every front. It's incredible. Uh, before we get to that juicy bit, though, uh, I noticed a very uh, a Watergate uh, passive language thing. There were people he hadn't been honest with. <laughs> That's quite a quite a way to really gaze in at yourself and <laughs> really take stock of it's just this really passive, bland thing. Yeah. There were people he hadn't been honest with. Yeah, yeah that's, that's 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 really self examination. Apology language, uh, legalese, a hundred percent on yourself. Yeah, <laughs> right. You're not even issuing a, a statement to anybody. Right. Uh, but yeah, get to the meat. Yeah, there were people he hadn't been honest with. Susan Fletcher was one of them. There were so many things he hadn't told her, things he was now desperately ashamed of. All right, it's building. For years, she'd been his illusion, his living fantasy. He dreamed of her at night. All right, awkward. He cried out for her in his sleep. He couldn't help it. She was as brilliant and as beautiful as any woman he could imagine. His wife had tried to be patient, but when she finally met Susan, she immediately lost hope. And like, what were the takeaway there? I mean, one way to interpret that is like, he's calling out in, in his sleep, you know, oh, Susan. And then his wife meets Susan. And it turns out like she has her tongue caught in a in a finger trap and her foot is in a bucket of jelly beans. And she's like, this woman? But <laughs> we're, we're led to believe it's just like, oh, you know, his wife is like, I get it, dear. Like, this is why... This is why you've got those uh, night boners and are 
horned up every time you come home from work. It's now I can't compete with this. And uh, and wouldn't she see though immediately that Susan obviously thinks of him as a sweaty, thick fleshed old man, <laughs> a, f- a father figure, right? Where the wife, where Bev would just Bev Strathmore would just go, oh. Yeah, n- not in a million years, dumb shit. <laughs> yeah, really. Now, come on. We're going to my sister's house. Like You, yes. you have to change your shirt because you've sweated through this one again. Yeah, as if. <laughs> come on. <laughs> um, but no, that's uh, they sort of, she, 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 she saw Susan. She probably caught a glimpse of her uh, bra strap peeking through her blouse, and she went home and packed her bags and, and kissed uh, three decades of marriage goodbye. And and uh, in an oddly composed bit, said she told him their marriage was ending. Another woman's shadow was no place to spend the rest of her life. <laughs> Another woman's shadow was no place to, like standing in the shadow of another woman was no place to. But right. another woman's shadow right. was she, no place to spend the rest of. Ah, oh, damn it! The sun shifted. I gotta like reposition my chair back <laughs> into Susan's shadow. Come on. Oh, this is no way to live the rest of one's life. Yep. Uh, and so he uh, he uh, contemplates his failures mm-hmm. and then uh, begins to compose. Or how, uh, you know, whether others were uh, whether others were offended by his failures or some garbage right. like that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, begins to compose an email. Dearest friends, I am taking my life today. And I just thought at that point, I, I God, I just hope he blasts it out to like everyone, like even the company that he once bought earbuds from or something. <laughs> like, you know, I'm, I'm just going to put it on the everyone outbox. <laughs> Forgets to BCC, so people are like, unsubscribe. Yes. Stop saying unsubscribe. You're only making it worse. Stop doing those. You're making it worse. <laughs> uh, so that's where we leave him. And uh, yeah, and that is of course a, a, a tremendous red herring. Yeah, of course. Yes, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. He had he had like the again going back and sort of rereading it. There was some uh, when Susan left him to go like check in on uh, Hale or something. He oh, it says he gave her a tragic nod as she left, which um, I don't know what differentiates a nod, tragic nod from your normal one. But that was since that was the last thing he he did. We're led to believe he sort of set the stage by knowingly mm-hmm. tra- tragically nodding as she left to make it more convincing when she saw this note or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, before we go on, you want to do some real or fanfic? I sure do. All right. And now I bet they bitching cause my flow switching trying to tell me what to write. I bought some fanfiction. Can't they just be All right. We have, uh, got some good stuff. All I'm right. excited. How long has it been since you've done it? Man, I don't know whether I did one for Moon People or not, so it was probably a Shadow Moon, I guess. Maybe. I don't know. But uh, You might have only done it once in total. Maybe yeah, twice. It's. I feel like I've done it twice, so it, it could have been okay. even longer. But uh, yeah, yeah, there's there's not much of the book left, so I don't know if that works in my advantage or not. Well, we'll see. We have five <laughs> of them for you. Okay. I'm just going to run them down if you're ready. So they could all be real, all could be fanfic. They could all be real. They could all still be coming up, in, or they could all, yes, still be coming up in the book. Or they could all be uh, submissions from uh, listeners and Patreon people. Or it could be a mix. Okay, I've got, I'm feeling good. I'm predicting five for five. All right. Uh, he's pointing at the fence then, <laughs> where he's going to take his shot. <laughs> Number one, Numataka ponderously poured the remaining Yamazaki single malt whiskey into the emery-sculpted glass. There was no denying that in his dealings with Tankado, he betrayed the Bushido code. 
failing to practice <laughs> gi integrity and jin compassion oh, when it mattered most. His sense of honor was as much a hollow facade as the tiny remainder of power he was still desperately clinging to. No more lies, he said solemnly, not even to myself. Still, the irony wasn't lost on him. He wasn't even disciplined enough to go out sober. He picked up his tanto from its stand on the table. <laughs> the knife was adorned with the highly detailed sigils of the Numataka family carved lovingly into its red pine handle. It had been an heirloom gifted by his late father, Daikito Numataka. As far as he knew, it had only ever been used for decorative and ceremonial purposes. This would be the first time it would ever draw blood. Wow. Wow. They, that is laid on thick. Uh, well, I think that that's, since that's longer than every chapter Numataka ever actually appears in, uh, I'm guessing fanfic. Um, okay. A lot of honor in there. Uh, number two. It was well done, though. Yeah. Number two, blank stares all around. Come on, Jabba said. Didn't you kids go to college? Somebody? Anybody? I need the difference between plutonium and uranium. <laughs> no response. Susan turned to Soshi. I need access to the web. Is there a browser here? Soshi nodded. Netscape, sweetest. <laughs> Susan grabbed her hand. Come on. We're going surfing. Netscape? Net, wait. Net, sorry. Like S, what does it say? Netscape, sweet? Netscape's sweetest, like oh. the best Netscape has to offer. Right. Netscape's sweetest. Okay. Susan grabbed her hand. Come on, we're going surfing. Uh, I mean, it's clever based on the difference between plutonium and whatever, uranium, but um, I think that that uh, is fanfic. Okay. All right, number three. Susan Fletcher, the voice resonated, will you marry me? <laughs> A hush spread across the room. A clipboard clattered to the floor, along with a mug of pencils. No one bent to pick them up. There was only the faint hum of the terminal fans and the sound of David Becker's steady breathing in his microphone. D David, Susan stammered, unaware that 37 people stood riveted behind her. You already asked me, remember? Five months ago. I said yes. I know, he smiled, but this time, he extended his left oh hand my to God. the camera and displayed a golden band on his fourth <laughs> finger. This time, I have a ring. Good Lord. I mean, I was thought it was fanfic, because I was like, well, this person missed the detail. They were already engaged, but uh, I got to say fanfic. It can't be real. Okay. All right. This is number four. Tell me what it means, she yelled. He held up his hands and caught his breath. Okay, okay, it's Russian. Susan looked puzzled. Russian? Yes, look, he said, writing out the Cyrillic on a piece of paper. And then there's a Cyrillic word I can't read. And sure. then it's sounded out. We do to ox. He nodded. When Catherine the Great's lover, Potemkin, was on his deathbed, he wrote her one of the great love letters of all time and signed it, We do to ox. Literally, it means winter long. Susan frowned. You see, in Russia, winter is very long. When you put the <laughs> words together like this, it means eternally, David said sincerely. A small gasp escaped her mouth. Ah, uh, again, it's good, but I just can't see that being real. <laughs> you see, in Russia, winter is very long. So, what's your final oh fanfic? Answer? Fanfic. Sorry. All right. Okay, final one. Soshi furiously moved down the columns, replying the, sorry, retyping the text. Julius Caesar sent codes this way. Susan blurted. <laughs> His letter count was always a perfect square. Done, Soshi yelled. 
Everyone looked up at the newly arranged single line of text on the wall screen. Still garbage, Jabba scoffed in disgust. Look at it. It's totally random bits of... The words lodged in his throat. His <laughs> eyes widened to saucers. Oh, oh my. Fontaine had seen it too. He arched his eyebrows, obviously impressed. Midge and Brinkerhoff both cooed in unison. Holy shit. <laughs> the 64 letters now read, Prime difference between elements responsible for Hiroshima and Nagasaki. All, it's all run together. Put it in the spaces, Susan ordered. We've got a puzzle to solve. Wow. Hmm. Well, that that makes me sort of uh, think about number two, then, if that has uranium in there. I was going to say real before that, though. I'll say real. You're going to say real. Okay. Unless that's some... Uh, but, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's got the whole crew together. 64 letters, 64 squares. That's a bit of yeah. a nice mm-hmm. little... All right. The first one, which was uh, the suicide of Numataka yeah. with his uh, sigil carved, uh, that was fanfic. From, oh, wow. From, uh, I hope I'm pronouncing it right, Jens Dietrich. Maybe it's Jens, if, uh, nice. well, depending on. That one was but, good. Uh, that was really that's good. good. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, they were all, they were all, uh, they, they were all <laughs> good. Uh, the next one you said fanfic. This is uh, Jabba. Come it's on, people! Like plutonium, uranium—that was real. He God, said fanfic. What? So, what's the? Let's go surfing. Surfs up. Uh, is there a browser here? So she nodded. Netscape, sweetest. What Susan does that Gra- mean? It means Netscape's, you know, best browser. I guess <laughs> sweetest browser. Because like Netscape Suite is probably a thing too. I feel like. Susan wow. grabbed her hand. Come on, we're going surfing. My that is, God. That is real. That was from uh, M. Williams submitted that real thing. Okay. Uh, okay. Next one was Data Will You Dick. Marry Me? Yeah. Ring in a camera. Uh, you said fanfic. That was real. No! <laughs> God. <laughs> Holy. That is. That- that oh. was from Steve, but I think maybe more than one. So I apologize if I didn't, if somebody else submitted that too, because. Holy that shit. Is, that that's, is unbelievable. That's pretty good. You would, I mean, on a, uh, I mean, uh, <laughs> on a soap opera, you would like. Oh, that's too good. <laughs> oh, uh, man. I really liked this, uh, this next one. You correctly pegged this fanfic from Blake. Okay. But the Russian thing, and the, I thought that was pretty good. I, I thought that might fool you. Yeah, I thought it was building towards without wax, too, because that Cyrillic sort of sounded like it. But, uh, I mean, mm-hmm. by the, at the end of the... I mean, yeah, it could have worked, but you know, with with 20 chapters to go, <laughs> how? Uh, oh, but uh, the final one, with them all staring at the words on the whatever big board, um, uh-huh. and them going, Jabba scoffing at it, and then them... Uh, Brinkerhoff cooing in unison. Holy shit! He said, "Real? <laughs> that was real." Okay, all right. So we got, we got a lot of. At least there's some good stuff coming up. Yeah, that's amazing. Not just uh, Vespa chases. There's a bunch of just cornball, absolute yeah. garbage coming up. So. The con- they're in like a uh, control room where I presume they'll uh, all burst out cheering when the uh, when the deal goes down or whatever. Yeah, I wonder what camera from Spain he's... Uh, how's he get a connection from Spain yeah, to right. ask her to, to marry him? Oh, man. Well, that's yeah, a lot to phone look forward call. to. Well done, yeah. people. That's uh, uh, even the ones that I, I didn't get right were well done. Yeah, so uh, nice. Uh, I think you got... What did you get? Three out of five? Yeah, but still. So that that's... The, the, you know. 
man. 50%, you know, roughly. <laughs> exactly. That's par for the course. All right. Well, there we go. Some real good realer fanfic. Thanks, everyone, for submitting that. Yeah. And uh, we, we, we pick right back up in Chapter 91 where we, we get another thing that if it doesn't pay off, I'm going to be livid because the, uh, the description of the uh, cathedral hinges on this, this thing that gets brought up several times. Overhead in the dizzying empty space, a silver sensor the size of a refrigerator swung enormous arcs on a frayed rope leaving a trail of frankincense. Um, mm-hmm. and so it, you get, it calls back overhead, the frankincense decanter swung in long, lazy arcs, a fine place to die, Hula Hot thought. So uh, if that doesn't end up, you know, giving him the, uh, you know, Eddie Valiant's brother treatment from Roger Rabbit, I'm going to be very, very upset. You know, we've got a, a literal frayed rope. And, uh, I mean, I've I've seen the, the way that they actually distribute incense. It's like in a, you know, size of a, what leader like type of thing so they, they, they come yeah, in the, they're, they're, i guess this i've never heard of this but I've, I've only seen the uh yeah the little the handheld ones i don't know the name of it i think he says it here somewhere sensor yeah sensor sorry yeah. you said the that size already. of a fridge like what is <laughs> are we i mean I, I i doubt it but i guess it could be um, a, i think he's misidentifying a casper mattress which arrives at your door <laughs> in, in a box the size of a mini fridge <laughs> I've listened to other podcasts, so I, I know that. That's oh, that's a selling point. <laughs> oh, it's it's been repeated <laughs> thousands of times. Uh, Podcast hosts always make fun of that. We got to get in on that game, man. Like, yeah, we, no uh, kidding. How do we read those uh, those things and yeah? Them? I want to get the instructions to uh, you know use your own language here, but make sure the messaging says this. I, yeah. I want to do that. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so so Becker sort of ducks into a pew where everyone else is, uh, you know, getting ready to do the church service. But he like sort of kneels down, prompting uh, disdainful looks from the guy next to him. Um, he he passes this off as by saying that he's sick, and the guy next to next to him is just sort of a dick about it. The man behind him frowned. Torista, he he grunted. Then he whispered half sarcastically, "Shall I call a doctor?" Which is, you know, whenever a stranger tells me that they're sick and appear to be in physical pain, I, I immediately get sarcastic with them. Right. Well, especially since he is, he's openly bleeding, although at this point it has stopped. <laughs> it's the bleeding from his gunshot wound had stopped. Yeah. Is that, like, how much was he hit? What size caliber is this idiot assassin shooting at him with? I don't know. I sliced my thumb uh, opening a, a, a on a the foil that covers a yogurt uh, container the other day, and it, it, I put a bandaid on it. It was bleeding hours later. <laughs> I was like, "How deep I, did this little thing go?" I told you once that I on the tennis court, I opening this stupid tennis can, and I did a little nick on my finger, uh-huh. and because you're working out, it just never stopped bleeding. <laughs> and you know, he's run had been running here and fleeing and everything. And, the brutal sun, yeah. Yeah, and he still it just closes up. Uh, all right, <laughs> sure, sure, Dan Brown. But then uh, Dan Brown, uh, I mentioned these jokes earlier. He's still doling out the dad jokes, even in this uh, tense chase scene. Becker, raised Protestant, had always had the impression Catholics were long-winded. He prayed it was true. As soon as the service ended, he'd be forced to stand and let the others out. In khaki, he was dead. So you know the little Protestant Catholic jokes there, <laughs> like huh. Yeah, you, you guys doing a workout? Do I get down on my knees again? Do I uh, 
What do I? Oh, now I'm sitting. Now I'm standing. <laughs> I'm a Protestant. <laughs> Very weird place to put that in there. Yeah, as a, yeah, he's 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 on the run for his life. But uh, the uh, the slams do keep coming because the chapter ends with one as well. <laughs> oh, it does. What I don't have it here. The uh, he's he's thinking that he's going to be able to just sort of like duck on the uh, kneeling bench and hide through the duration of the service. Oh, right, right. But then people yes. start filing out of the pew, and he's what? And then it you know once again since he's forgotten you know where he is uh, that he's leaving at the airport that he has a ring. He also forgets communion. He groaned. The damn Spaniards do it first. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So yeah, he. Uh... He hates Spain, even the way they arrange their uh, liturgy. So, yes, yeah, right. Yeah, which is the sort of thing that, like, you know, if you, you, you go there, you spend a semester there, you, you've got to do some research to find out that uh, detail to hate. You know, that's right. like finding out their, uh, you know, that their express train schedule only runs between these certain hours, and you're, like, criticizing that detail. It's like, well, yeah, you know, that's, that's, that's a deep cut, you know. That, to hold that against us required some research. In Albania, they do it at a totally separate service. You go in two hours later and get communion. Right. I, I, I assume that he did deep research. He probably just went to Fax King. Yes. Um, all right. Chapter... 92. Oh, I don't... The fake suicide. Uh-huh. So stupid. I don't yes. really have much for this. So she's... Yeah, Susan uh, hears the gunshot. She's going to go down into translator to sort of like pull the plug on it just so it stops sending viruses elsewhere. Um, But she hears the gunshot. And uh, as she's getting back out of the thing... um, So she she thinks that the greatest man she's ever known has just shot himself. But uh, we get this detail. She felt herself lifted from below by a tremendous surge of steam that practically jettisoned her through the trapdoor. She rolled onto the crypto floor and felt the cool air wash over for her. Her white blouse clung to her body, soaked through. So, you know, even even as, you know, guys are shooting themselves, she manages to uh, uh, encounter conveniently alluring inconveniences. Oh, well, she's about to run into, uh, this is not going to be good for Strathmore when, uh, when, she, when <laughs> she and Strathmore meet. Man, he's not going to sleep tonight. Yes, yes. Oh, man. Poor wife living in her so, shadow. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So he he obviously took his Beretta and shot Greg Hale and uh, left the suicide note next to Greg Hale's body. So that's the that was the misdirection. Yeah, exactly. And uh, he 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 sort of sketched out the whole um, the following sins, he said. But then when Susan reached the final line, she was not prepared for what she read. The letter's final words delivered a numbing blow. Above all, I'm truly sorry about David Becker. Forgive me. I was blinded by ambition. Um, so we're still left hanging about what uh, that is left to mean um, by the end of this section. But uh, it's a it seems like a needless flourish on uh, Strathmore's part. Well, I mean, he's obviously he's just hanging the David Becker assassination, right? Right. Um, but. Uh... But yeah, I don't, I don't don't know that that was necessary. He's <laughs> a hired hitman who's uh, yeah right. But then uh, yeah, Strathmore sort of shows up and and does a Chris Farley like, "What'd you do?" Um, at the end of this <laughs> chapter to <laughs> sort of play dumb. But um, and yeah. your but, blouse is clinging to your body. Right. <laughs> um. Yeah. So that's it for chapter twenty ninety two. Not much happened. They're coming fast and furious. Hmm. Uh, 93. Mm-hmm. So this starts uh, with him. Uh, Becker is uh, p- 
progressing towards the front, he's again caught up in a stream of of devout Spaniards who are moving towards the front of the church. Uh, Hulahat's trying to gaze um, to gain on him, but he says he was uh, unaware. He was unaware of the quiet murmurs coming from those he was passing. The congregation could understand the man's excitement to receive the blessing of God, but nevertheless, there were strict rules of protocol. Two lines, single file. So that's just <laughs> they. Do you often see people pushing ahead of you and, <laughs> and you understand it? Like, oh, yeah, I get it, man. I yes. get it. It's so great. <laughs> Especially this guy who clearly also doesn't look like he belongs there. And But, yeah, that's that's how people are interpreting his shoving uh, old women aside. He's, he's just really excited to receive the blessing of God. Yes. Um, now, I hate to I hate to push my glasses up. What do people say when they correct... Uh, not uh, to be that guy, or uh, uh, yeah, I hate to yeah, I hate to be that guy. I'm actually uh, Erm, um, but yeah. What was the one from the other day? You just sent me the one. Um, uh, it was about uh, Aladdin. Yeah, and the fact that it was in China. Yeah, people people hated to let us know that the original Aladdin was yeah, actually set it? in China. Yeah, I hate, I hate to, to be to this let guy. you know. Yes, okay. So all that aside, here we go. His silencer, the best money could buy, emitted no more than a tiny spitting cough. That would be fine. Uh, pushing up my glasses and letting everyone know there is no such thing as a, <laughs> a silencer that turns a gunshot into a tiny spitting cough. Okay. Uh, they're, uh, they're called suppressors. Some, some call them silencers, but they don't. They uh, mostly take down muzzle flare and, and uh, you know, bump it down, let's say, 20 30 decibels okay so it's still, still the loudest an thing enormous ever blast heard. inside of a church yes because right. if they existed the way that they do in the movies why would not you use them all the time yes like what would they, be the trade-off they do not exist so just just letting you know that Good. it's a all movie right. thing only i know you you must have really hated to have to do that that is I, I mean, god you're hated yeah you're scratching yourself in agony right now <laughs> but uh, yeah i atone i atone your it must have been hard for you so i, I forgive thank, you thank you for understanding how, <laughs> how much that hurt me to have to do uh, yeah so we, we got this in the fanfic but it was uh he's planning on uh shooting at the hip level upward into Becker's spine. That way the bullet would hit either the spine or a lung before finding his heart. Even if the bullet missed the heart, Becker would die. A punctured lung was fatal. Maybe not in more medically advanced parts of the world, but in Spain, it was fatal. Yeah, I just gave that a a yes with three exclamation points. (laughs) I love the bagging on Spain, man. Yeah. and then, uh, believe it or not, we our hero has yet again uh, weaseled out of this in a sort of a Mission Impossible style fashion. Um, and I use the word hero uh, in quotes here because what he yeah, has done is holy cow! <laughs> He's deeply evil. <laughs> Do you have the text there? Yeah, Rafael de la Maza, a banker from the suburbs of Seville, had died almost instantly. He was still clutching the 50,000 pesetas the strange American had paid him for a cheap black blazer. <laughs> so he knows he's going to get shot in the back by an assassin, yeah. and he, he trades blazers with the guy? Yes. He, he sells the—well, yeah, he sells it to him for, yeah, I think what we've been led to believe is a trifling amount, you know, $500, 600 Our hero, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. <laughs> it is. It was 100%, like, I, I mean— I. You could probably, a good lawyer could probably talk a jury into finding him, like, guilty of murder for that. Like, yeah, you know, the way that if sure. you, you know, teenagers uh, steal a stop sign, uh, someone speeds through there, and then they get, you know, they get tried for that. Like, it's it's comparable. Yeah. 
Unbelievable. I mean, I think later there's a hand wave wave of like David told the guy to, you know, not to go put it on the side door or something or yeah. not to put it on or I don't know. But what? what? <laughs> <laughs> right. It is just uh, it's invoking another uh, another uh, innocent person into your uh, web of, of death, essentially. Yeah. Good job, hero. Uh, all right. So he slips out. He gets away. I don't have anything more for that chapter. Yeah, 94. 94 takes us back to Midge and the other part of um, the NSA that's not crypto. I thought this was a worthless chapter, a waste of Midge. <laughs> I don't really have anything for this. Well, yeah, so she she stood, stood fuming at the water cooler. Uh, shockingly generic um, for, yeah. uh, for what we've been told, uh, right. th- that the requisite sparklets co- cooler. But uh, that was near the entrance of the conference room. What the hell is Fontaine doing? She crumpled her paper cup and threw it forcefully into the trash can. There's something happening in crypto. I can feel it. And I just said, like, you've been feeling it. You've <laughs> she's repeatedly been running around sounding alarms. She blackmailed someone with uh, with with dirty footage of them. Right. There's not. <laughs> you, I hope that you're feeling it because if those are at all just like weird hunches, you've, you're deeply disturbed. She's been calling uh, and pestering Jabba chapter after chapter. <laughs> He's been rolling his eyes more than any man alive. Yeah, it's like watching the uh, Patriots Rams Super Bowl from. Uh, uh, a couple years ago, just like the, the Rams have scored a field goal the whole game. And, you know, they, they, there's three minutes left in the third quarter. The Patriots are going to win. I've got, I've got a feeling here. They've been dominating the entire time. <laughs> yes. uh, so that's, yeah, nothing. She just runs out again being Midge again. Director, well, yeah. director. Right. And then, yeah, so they, they recruit the director. And, uh, and so she's like... Or no, Brinkerhoff. She recruits Chad. She says something's not right down there tonight. To reiterate, and then it ends with like a uh, a, a Gilligan's Island Island style like gag of uh, he shrugs and approaches the windows. Power's probably back online by now. Anyway, he pulled the apart the curtains and looked. Uh, still dark. Midge asked, but Brinkerhoff did not reply. He was spellbound. The scene below in the dome was unimaginable. The entire glass cupola was. Filled with spinning lights, flashing strobes, and st- swirling stre- steam, he stood transfixed, teetering lightheaded against the glass, and in a frenzy of panic, raced out, Director! Director! So it's like, well, I certainly hope nothing's going on outside my window, and then there's a parade, like elephants walking by, uh, full he marching band. Yeah, he should have given Brinkerhoff, like, just taken a bite of a powdered donut, and you know, <laughs> yes. then pulled the curtain apart and sprayed the <laughs> glass with... Powdered sugar. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's uh, that's the extent of that chapter is she convinces him to recruit the uh, Leland Fontaine, the uh, giant of a man director. Yep, and then chapter 95. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hacking through these. We have to get to 100. My yeah. God. Yeah, they, they get even shorter, I feel like. But chapter 95, uh, people are gathered around the slumped body in the pew. Overhead, the frankincense frankincense swung in peaceful arcs you know so again you better pay off if you're you're mentioning it in multiple chapters here so he's really going to do like a crashing the the uh, uh what is it called again center sensor sensor he had better be i mean what else is he doing here it's on a frayed rope and he's just <laughs> ominously swinging um, but he's you know before we get to that action whatever cartoon action is coming more dad jokes the thick scent of red wine filled Becker's nostrils as Padre Herrera lowered the hand-polished silver chalice. Little early for drinking, Becker thought as he leaned forward. 
Oh boy. Yeah. What? Uh, <laughs> it's like I I couldn't tell if it was uh, you know. Ernest Klein level, like this religion is strange to me, type of thing, or like, <laughs> but it's like it's a, you, you, an eighth of a teaspoon because they give it to twelve year olds. You know, that's <laughs> what is. I get. No, yes, yeah. Just, we'll just leave it there. <laughs> this was the man on. who had to be like you know begged to put vodka into his uh, into his uh, cranberry juice. So I don't know. Right. 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 But the uh, I don't know what the the Padre is going to make of him because we get this uh, reaction. Uh, the the head chalice bearer glanced curiously at the quiet commotion in one of the center pews. He was not concerned. Sometimes some of the older folks were overcome by the Holy Spirit and passed out. A little air usually did the trick. So this uh, this priest is has routinely has old folks losing consciousness in like what we've been repeatedly told is the uh, most oppressive heat on earth. Right, and he's like, "Man, that'll happen." <laughs> That's the Holy Spirit at work. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, Be- Becker manages to uh, to dodge and find his way out the back of the church, even though we've been told there's only one entrance here. And I, have, I, I, I was very confused about what is going on, like what is being implied here. Oh, with the cardinal? Yeah. I think he's saying that the cardinal is slugging the communion wine. Okay, that's it. Which I thought was very weird, given that he had just done the a little too early for drinking, isn't it? Yeah. And then, like, so now he just goes immediately from that into uh, a man in red robes gasped and turned to eye Becker in horror. Like a cat caught with a canary, the holy man wiped his mouth and tried to hide the broken bottle of holy communion wine at his feet. Yeah, okay. I mean, that's what I interpreted it, but... It seemed like a weird. That seemed like his, a weird thing it, to to cast. You know, if you're going to mock a Catholic priest, you've got a plenty of ways to do that. Like drinking it, at eight a.m. seems like a weird, uh, not a stereotype, as far as I know. That's just very, very clumsy way to do it. Just twice in in the space of two paragraphs in just different ways about the wine. Just right. very, very stupid. <laughs> but yeah, so the uh, he, he Becker wants to know, you know, where's the exit? Let me out. The Card- Cardinal Guerra. Reacted on instinct, a demon had entered his sacred chamber, screaming for deliverance from the house of God. Gera would grant him that wish immediately. The demon had entered at a most inopportune moment. Um, I assume that we're not seeing this character again either, so I'm not sure why we needed to uh, to have that laid on thick for us. But Yeah, uh, Dan, uh, Dan Brown has low regard for the Catholic Church. <laughs> as, as the cardinal had grown tired of exiting the church through the front door like a common sinner. <laughs> so yes just lay it on there dan yeah um but yeah that's the end of that chapter he man he does manages to escape uh once again through some sort of deus ex machina um chapter 96 i think it starts with this sentence it's not the whole sentence but it starts with these three words susan was wet so. yes <laughs> yes it does yep. um but she's she's upset and she sobs i thought this was amusing David, dot, 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 she sobbed, then in italics, David. And I, I just was amused by the idea of someone sobbing in ellipses. <laughs> <laughs> and so so her David's, one she says out loud, and the other she just kind of thinks to herself. Is that yep. what italics are? Uh-huh. David. And then I just thought the second one, but you couldn't hear it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> but that's because, yeah, it seems like uh, Hale has admitted to some malfeasance with David. But then uh, 
this was also a, a funny way to put everything that's gone in in crypto. At that moment, 10 feet below the crypto floor, Commander Strathmore stepped off the ladder onto the first landing. It had been a day of fiascos, which is a way to mildly way to put it. There are actually two people dead in your office. fiasco is like the uh damn it the uh the the coffee filter overflowed and like the whole pot of coffee like didn't go into the pot it just flowed over the uh over the counter damn it what a fiasco (laughs) uh stradmore does that weird thing too he does it even more he thinks something and then it in italics like, even though Enso Tecato's death would save thousands of lives in the future, Susan would never have agreed. She was a pacifist. I'm a pacifist, too, thought Strathmore. I just don't have the luxury of acting like one. So, and that's in italics. Huh. So he's sort of having an argument with himself or something. Like, yes. It's, uh, but yeah. I just don't get how his technique here, what I'm supposed to take away. Differentiating this is parts all of him thinking. Monologue. So, yeah. yeah, I just don't get it. <laughs> um,. But then, yeah, uh, essentially, uh, he says the NFA, he says the NSA could not afford another scandal. Strathmore needed a scapegoat. Besides, Greg Hale was a disaster waiting to happen. And I was just amused by that description because it's true, but they're not talking about the fact that he's a murderer. Right. <laughs> they're just talking about his uh, disdain for his workplace type of thing. So um, that's what he's concerned about. Um, but I don't get this. So it ends with sort of as though this is a reveal that he's sent this guy to to shoot uh david like this was this was not a surprise at all right um, didn't, we, didn't we know this already well, or well, at there least is, yeah heavily intuited it i mean well so yeah it, here's what it says it says there had never been any doubt in the commander's mind who would kill tancado tancado was in spain and spain meant hula hot the 42 year old portuguese mercenary was one of the commander's favorite pros he'd been working for the nsa for years um the only catch was that Hulahat was deaf, and I thought, well, he's also evidently a terrible shot. But yeah, it's confusing because we got a very brief reveal that Strathmore also sent two guys in a van over to Spain, and they were oh, addressed for right. a paragraph, and we have not heard about them since. So he is just sending his guys uh, for various unspecified other missions as well. Huh. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> I just don't get this part. <laughs> um. The uh, we also the only other thing that happened in this chapter was that um, the Numa Numa guy Numataka calls up and demands the pass key, and Strathmore essentially says like, "There's no more deal. Like I'm not North Dakota." And we get the uh, the description of how he reacts. Twelve thousand miles away, Tokugen Numataka stood stunned at his plate glass window. His umami cigar hung limply in his mouth. The deal of his lifetime had just disintegrated before his eyes, and. Like I said, sort of about Shoshis, we have so little left in this book that I, I do hope this is the end of what has been the dumbest, most pointless subplot in the, in book history. I, I can't even imagine where this is going to go. Yeah. It, it was just a place to just to have a different location. Uh, so it's just a, a failed part of the plot that uh, he he has no action at all. He's just sitting in an office smoking cigars and talking to a guy. <laughs> yeah, he got a massage. Come on. Oh, that is true. I yeah. did see someone point out that uh, that the, there are 128 chapters, which I guess has significance from like a programming or you know bit sure. standpoint. So yeah. it could have just been like fleshing that idiotic conceit out. Oh boy, <laughs> that would infuriate me. Because <laughs> you could just split them up. Oh, whatever. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, so we go to chapter 97, which is another brief one. Very, Very brief. brief. Yeah. Yes. I think that I have the plot written down as Fontaine calls Strathmore and lets it ring six times. <laughs> that's, that's the plot. He also sputters, it's a goddamn disco down there. <laughs> yes. Which upon seeing my life's work uh, and national security uh, being uh, evaporating before your eyes, that would be my thought. That was one of my dumb sentences. Damn it. Well, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. All right. So uh, 98. 98. Cut back to David, bursting out of the church. Into the blinding morning sun. The searing, (laughs) deeply evil civilian sun. And, yeah, so presumably uh, Hulo Hot (laughs) is is right in pursuit. But, But we get this. He steps out and he notices the trees. The trees were renowned in Seville as the birthplace of English marmalade. An 18th century English trader had purchased three dozen bushels of oranges from the Seville church and taken them back to London only to find the fruit inedibly bitter. He tried to make jam from the rinds and ended up having to add pounds of sugar just to make it palatable. Orange marmalade had been born. And I just thought to myself, what other... This this is an odd technique. You're in the middle of an action scene. He'd yeah. just been shot. You know, <laughs> it's, a guy it's had a, died in a church. It's a whole uh, standalone paragraph of, ex, yeah, explaining something that has no bearing on the plot. And I I thought I'd never seen this before, so I I, I did a little search on it. Oh, like to Wikipedia. Think of, uh, well, just uh, uh, on the web in general. Oh, I um. I, I, I used Netscape Sweetest, oh. and, I, and I went surfing. Well, that probably has some different access than uh, than my yeah, I don't garbage that I'm using. I don't have any sweet browser. Yeah, no, it's very sweet. And I uh, I was able to find that, uh, you know, like I was trying to, how do you search for other action being interrupted by stupid facts? Yeah. And uh, surprisingly, I got a hit on that. Uh, the original cut of uh, The Fugitive with uh, which is you know one big long action chase scene right yeah yeah it's yeah the train chase the waterfall scene like yeah, yeah and there's non-stop. a f- famous waterfall scene that hospital uh, yeah we in the original cut of it there was something very similar to this hmm. um and uh it didn't obviously didn't make it into the final cut <laughs> but i was able to uh, get a hold of the audio for it i think it's just up on youtube you can see it if you oh, want oh cool yeah well no no let's, let's listen to it i i don't want to oh okay yeah. yeah all right yeah we'll listen to it it's just it's the you know, it's a test audience screening so you'll hear uh, i think you'll hear the reaction at the end too so okay good yeah yeah yeah, yeah let's give it a listen Kill my wife! I don't care! Incidentally, the word kill first appeared in 1200 and is thought to mean to strike, hit, beat, or knock. Okay. But in 1300, it appeared in the context of to deprive of life, put to death, perhaps from an unrecorded variant of Old English Quellin to kill, murder, or execute. I mean, I'll say it again. I don't care. But it may have derived from Proto-Germanic word kuanjin, 
which could be the source also of the old English quellen, which means to die, or qualu, which means violent death. I told you, I don't care! Yeah, so... Um, wow. Wow. Yeah, it's an, it's almost identical. Right, right. What? Yeah, very weird thing to, to stop. You know, just keep the action going. But, uh, you know... But the, so I'm confused. Dan, the test audiences loved it, it seemed. Well, I, I guess they could, they but then the, mo- the movie was over then. So I guess that's what they said. We need to flesh this out. I think that's in the first act. So okay, okay. you can't shoot your hero in the first act. Sure. And, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so. Yeah. Shows what they Although, know. It went uh, on to win a, you know, a cup, an Oscar and nominated right. for more. Although they could have fixed it if, if they'd used this technique where in this book where people get shot and then they just stop bleeding and everything's fine. <laughs> I guess they could have done that too. <laughs> But, I just, uh, uh, I'm just questioning. Uh, it, it provides more insight into uh, the character of Carmen Huerta because, you know, as he's <laughs> smearing marmalade all over her, I, I was like, but I, I know nothing of this substance. I know nothing of its origin <laughs> or history. How can I be horny if I don't know, uh, you know, what century and where the traitor came from who made this? Right, right. How his, what was his solution to overcome the inedibly bitterness of them? <laughs> But there uh, it yeah. all is. So yeah, unless the uh, unless that uh, sensor refrigerator sized falls on a bushel of oranges, smushing them up into a marmalade like substance, I I cannot understand why you would have felt the need to <laughs> right. include this, and why an editor did not tell him get that the hell out of here. <laughs> yes. Uh, so he climbs up the tower, and then Hulohot is in uh, is in pursuit. Right. Yeah. He uh, he sort of ends up in the one place in the town that he knows he can't escape from because it's a you know a tower with one exit but it sort of is a it's brought on by a weird in a weird way fate had done becker no favors this morning as he dashed from the cathedral into the open courtyard his jacket had caught on the door the fabric had stopped him mid-stride and swung him hard left before tearing <laughs> becker was suddenly stumbling off balance into the blinding sun Yes, there when it is he, again. When he looked up, he was headed straight for a staircase. He jumped over the rope and dashed up. By the time he realized where it was, it was too late. So <laughs> you, you've been, you know, running some place. And but if you've ever been like diverted from where you were running to, do you just like realize? I guess I can only keep running in the direction that I've been turned around in. Yeah, I, sure. Yeah, you hook your jacket on something and you just. And it stops you, and you take a sharp left, and well, I'm stuck with it. <laughs> I guess we've never encountered a sun as bright as the civilian one, but uh, yeah, maybe that's uh, maybe that's the power of it. Well, when he forgets where he is, then he has True. to really he's starting from scratch. <laughs> so yeah, it was one of those moments. Snag your jacket, forget who you are, why you're in Seville, and head up some stairs in the tower. <laughs> Um, well, yeah, so that is, uh, that's where it leaves them and goes back to, uh, uh, the NSA in chapter 99. Um, Fontaine is pounding his fist into his hand, pacing the conference room and staring out at the spinning crypto lights. Abort, goddammit, abort! And my, my instinct was to make a joke about him also shouting out, uh, retry, fail! And then I, <laughs> I looked that up and that is like a MS-DOS, uh, level yeah. thing which you know hasn't been used by anybody since probably 1994 and i felt bad about that 
That uh, was an infuriating command when you used to see that. Yeah, it has its own Wikipedia page for abort, retry, fail, because abort seems to imply the same right. thing as fail. But fail, uh, <laughs> right. Uh, I thought that was a pretty another worthless chapter, uh, just trying to puff this thing up a little more. Because yeah. it's just, it's Midge just running around from office to office, getting different people to care about what's happening. And it just never really, like, who cares? Yeah. And nothing has been advanced. I mean, and as we saw, she was still taking it, like, just taking it seriously two chapters ago. So, um, but the only thing I thought was inter- was notable was the uh, the director swung his gaze over to Midge, who was already crossing the room. She activated the speakerphone. Go ahead, Jabba. Jabba's metallic voice boomed into the room. Yeah, um, <laughs> which I guess I, I, I realized that meant like because of the speakerphone, but it was an odd way to describe something as a as, you know, muffled, staticky. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So maybe he just sounds like that all the time and we just haven't been told about it till chapter 99. Um, I've, I've the only thing I noted in this chapter is inconsistent exclamation points. We've talked about these before. They're they're just sort of uh, sprinkled everywhere. But the this is inconsistent. So I'll read it in the style in which it's written based okay. on the exclamation points. Abort! God damn it! Abort! Midge appeared in the doorway, waving a fresh readout. Director! Strathmore can't abort! What? Brinkerhoff and Fontaine gasped in unison. He tried, sir! Midge held up the report. Four times already! Translators locked in some sort of endless loop. <laughs> so, <laughs> absolutely everything with exclamation points except... <laughs> translators locked in some sort of endless loop she calmed down by that time yeah, Every, exactly. everyone calmed down <laughs> took a few deep breaths and just sort of you know yeah. realized where she was so all right that was the penultimate we now come to the ultimate my god chapter 100 chapter 100 Whew. it is like a uh you know when 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 a third grader's like i read chapter books now it's like this one has a hundred <laughs> it's like well that doesn't make you smart kid settle down right. <laughs> Uh, this uh, begins with a strange boast yeah. from Hulohot. <laughs> Hulohot's gun had a range significantly longer than a five-foot candle pole. <laughs> well, good on you, sir. Yes, I was unfamiliar with the concept of a gun and what it might be able to do, so this is very, very informative for me. Uh, yeah, so he's cha- he he's trapped him in the tower, and they're going up the stairs, so it's, you know... Dan Brown is going, imagine uh, like a good filmmaker of action films doing this, like, you know, Hitchcock in the tower or yep, whatever. I Vertigo, yeah. I thought of uh, 1989 Batman, I thought of uh, In Bruges, all things he was probably pulling from. Ah, yes, In Bruges. Yeah, that was a good tower thing. <laughs> uh, I like this just because by this point, you have to just Im- imagine that he's like a... Uh, He's like a, a troll or just like a, a YouTube commenter where bile is just dripping from his mouth every time he types Spain. The stairs were steep. Tourists had died here. This was not America. No safety signs, no handrails, no insurance disclaimers. This was Spain. If you were stupid <laughs> enough to fall, it was your own damn fault, regardless of who built the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to him there? I don't know. It really it's probably going to be something that would just like he got embarrassed by a uh, a girl with 170 IQ who he was, you know, right. shouting her name at night and he's just uh he's been bitter about it ever since. Oh, but we do get uh we do get the squash again. Yep. It comes back. It's so good. <laughs> Cuz he has to hang out of the window. And so Becker thanked God 
that his day, I thought he had contempt for God. Well, whatever. <laughs> he had contempt for religion. I don't sure. know his own stance. Uh, Becker thanked God that his daily squash routine involved 20 minutes on the Nautilus machine <laughs> to develop his biceps for a harder overhead serve. Thank you, thank you for explaining why people use Nautilus machines. <laughs> Unfortunately, despite his strong arms, Becker was now having trouble pulling himself back in. His shoulders burned. His side felt as if it were tearing open. It, in fact, is torn open. Yeah, yeah, the rough-cut stone ledge provided little grip, gra- grating into his fingertips like broken glass. <laughs> But uh, yeah, squash comes comes. But you thought it was done? No yeah. way. When you think about our, you know, the most jacked athletes out there, who you, know, you look at Mark McGuire's arms or some of those arm wrestles and over the top. When you when you think about biceps, you're thinking of the guys playing squash at the local health club. <laughs> That's because of their harder overhead serve, of course. <laughs> Um, and the, yeah, the, uh, the other, only other note I have about this chapter was, uh, this, this bit about Hulahat who has come in and, uh, this is his, his, what he assumes is going to be his, his kill shot. Hulahat shifted inside and burst through the opening facing right. He fired into the corner. The bullet, sh- bullet ricocheted back off the bare wall and barely missed him. Hulahat wheeled wildly and let out a muted scream. The NSA's most trusted assassin, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> just like just whipping around corners, you know, almost getting hit by his own bullet when it ricochets off a wall. It's amazing. Um, little sonic challenge for you. Hulahat's muted, muted scream. I mean, this is what it like in, in, in dreams when you're having a nightmare, you sort of like try to scream and can't do it. But um, <laughs> I don't know. Like what? Like it has a trouble. <laughs> That's mine. Do that again. <laughs> wow, that's uh, screaming without opening your mouth. Stepping on a cat in a cartoon or something, <laughs> or like a trumpet mute, like wah, 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 wah. yes. Uh, but again, Chekhov's candle pole. <laughs> Becker uses it to smash Hulahat's legs, I guess, mm-hmm. and he tumbles down the stairs. Yeah, Hulahat. I guess he climbed back in the window, ran down a few flights of stairs ahead of him and then grabbed a pole off the wall with his giant biceps and tripped the guy. Right. So it, it ends up being sort of a three stooges uh, end to our... Well, we don't know if it's what happened to Hula Hut. Oh, no. He's got he he to get flattened by the fridge, please. Okay. All right. <laughs> all right. Well, so there it is. That's, that's uh, it. Yeah. 100 chapters we've read through. Yeah. We have 28 Jeez. to go, and I think that's the uh, <sighs> that's the final section. It's it, They are... Even shorter. It's all been the same amount of words every time. So, like, yep, we're getting to, we're getting to a marriage proposal. We're getting to uh, Netscape's sweetest browser. It's a lot to look forward to. <laughs> Man, I'm so glad we did that. It's like, uh, you know, it's the light at the end of the tunnel. I guess something to look forward to. Did you ever use Netscape? I did. Yeah, I did. Cause I don't know why. It just was uh, not Internet Explorer. I mean, at some point you had to get a browser to use with something. So. Yeah. Oh, I think it was really hyped, and didn't it? It was at one time Netscape worth like a million, billion, jillion dollars or something. Yeah. Yep. I, maybe Yahoo bought it. I, that sounds familiar. But yep, it was its own thing, even though it was a free product that I wasn't sure why you were, who would ever pay to use it. And... Oh, sorry. Sorry. Everyone out there, that's my, I'm turning my phone off right now. That is just, that, that's this just... is, 
you're Bush ig- league. ignoring Bush Midge's league. call. Uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Damn it. Why doesn't he pick up? <laughs> All right. We're silenced now. All right. Well, now that we're silenced, we should probably read uh, some of the dumb sentences people sent in. A sentence begins with a capital letter. A capital letter is a letter that's big. A capital letter is not a small letter. A capital letter is big, big, big. So a this is the dumb sentence of the week. These are sentences that are sent in by our listeners, many of whom are Patreon supporters. Patreon has been, man, lit with activity this week um, and this whole uh, whole stretch of, of pandemic time. And uh, we appreciate everyone who's been participating there, uh, who chips in. You should all check it out at patreon.com slash 372 pages. The uh, book that their collective writing is, uh, is, is due in a week. Yeah, I'm excited. It's uh, going to be interesting to see how that turns out. I think people have been <laughs> collaborating. Some have been winging it on their own. Well, it'll be quite, quite the, uh, quite the product to behold when it's all done. I bet it'll hold together every bit as much as this book is. All right. <laughs> I'm curious to see, like, yeah, what tips people have learned and uh, or or parody from the books that we've read in their in their own writing. Or, right. right. Um, but yeah, it'll be fun. So thanks to everyone who did that. Let's uh, let's read some dumb sentences. This one is from uh, from Heather. And her uh, son, Billy. Susan imagined the headlines, again, all caps, cryptographer Greg Hale unveils secret U.S. plan to control global information. And she pointed out that I forgot to note initially, if the all caps don't get you, the exclamation point at the end will. Do do, do they usually have headline exclamation parts? I haven't seen one. Um, This one's from David. This is talking about uh, the Black Friday crowd heading to church. He says, uh, I guess Becker's trying to fight against it. It was impossible like swimming upstream in a mile-deep river. And he said, mile-deep seems awfully deep for a river. I'm also not sure if depth matters here. As long as you can't stand, it's going to be difficult to swim upstream. I didn't even notice that. A yeah, mile-deep river? I <laughs> wonder what the deepest river in the world is. Um, this one's from George. Uh, the glass pl- panel of him, sorry, the glass panel in front of him exploded in a shower of glass. And this one I was also from George's wife. You'll see why they sent them both in. The unsettling potential of the situation settled hard in Susan's stomach. Oh, wow. It's more of the, the head sentence. Head, sweaty head. Head head hung down, sweaty head. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. very basic stuff there. This one's from Ben. Uh, well, Ben is the uh, punctured lung one, but in Spain it was fatal. Mm-hmm. Alex uh, submitted this one. It, it's a sentence fragment, really, but you, you need the two preceding ones to get the whole uh, whole context. There was approaching footsteps, breathing, the cock of a weapon. So the cock of a weapon is its own sentence. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Harris submitted not even his Lotus could outrun a fleet of NSA he- helicopters. Curtis submitted uh, above her, the humidity fell like rain. Hmm. I, 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 someone else wrote in about that, but I forget where that came from. Um, that, that, that could be maybe when Susan got her, her white blouse all wet. Oh, could be. <laughs> I don't, uh, I don't know. I grew up in, uh, DC, very humid. I never thought of it as falling like rain. It's more of a thick soup you're walking into. I know only from songs that tears fall down like rain. I don't <laughs> think that humidity does ever. <laughs> Uh, Eric submitted, she had never heard a gunshot except on television, but she had no doubt of what it was. So what kind of movies does she go to? <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, Brian submitted, uh, somehow Strathmore had captured Hale, saved Susan and bought himself the time needed to rewrite Digital Fortress. 
And he just said, somehow. Yeah, that's because you, how you wrote it, Dan. We get lots of those <laughs> in this book. Improbably, this ridiculous yes. thing had happened. Right. Uh, this is finding the uh, 16-year-old girl dead in the bathroom stall he kicked the door open to. Dead center of her forehead. A bullet hole oozed bloody liquid down her face. The bloody liquid might be blood, Justin submitted. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Janelle submitted in a cathedral. It is always night. And she was uncertain about that because she said, don't they famously have stained glass all over to let the light in? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, someone, oh, sorry. Augusta also submitted the unsettling potential settling in her stomach. Oh, Uh, wow. (laughs) Uh, Andrew submitted, you know, damn well what it implies. Total NSA access. And that's regarding... Digital Fortress, but he said the NSA has total access in this book with Translator, doesn't it? Isn't that why it's such a big deal and why Tankado wants it shut down? Yes. Michael and Taylor submitted, uh, both submitted the sweaty head and his head was down. Elizabeth uh, submitted, Hulahat's eyes climbed the 419-foot tower and immediately knew it was a ridiculous thought. And she said, so his eyes climbed and knew that their thought was ridiculous? What? Like, <laughs> Uh, Justine submitted Brinkerhoff sputtering. It's a goddamn disco down there. And John, the final one submitted from chapter 81. Susan found herself laughing and crying at the same time. He said, once again, we have a character having some kind of weird out of body experience. Very nice. Yeah. Um, uh, what do I have that we haven't covered already? I had the human mind is the fastest computer in existence. Oh, this was a good one. Strathmore knew that sending a deaf assassin into a Seville morgue was a suicide mission. Did he knew that? Has he thought about that 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 whole policy? Because he's you know he's just sending him to shoot people in the street. I don't know why right. uh, my heading into a uh, you know, morgues in the movies always have one guy in them. So I'm not sure why that's uh, more dangerous than anything else he's been doing. I have a uh, Dan Brown analogy that I liked. Like a freeway that had run out of funding, the alley just stopped. <laughs> uh, alleys do sometimes just stop. They don't <laughs> need to run out of funding like a freeway. Yeah, it's often uh, often a defining feature of an alley. Mm-hmm. And do yeah. freeways just uh, just stop? It's, is it like SimCity where you just start building a road and it ends there? Like, I don't know. I, free- I suppose that it's, it's probably happened somewhere, but I think usually the uh, freeways... I've never come to the end of a freeway myself. Right. Your car plummets into the pit of other cars that are stopped there. Yes. <laughs> wow. Oh, well, we, good stuff. Good dumb sentences, everyone. And we have we do have a few emails we can check out, so why don't we delve into those? We're going to the party. We're going to the game. We're going to the dinner. Ain't gonna cruise out, man. We're stealing pitfalls, man. All right, email from our listeners. This one comes from Harris. Susan might be the worst protagonist in 372 history, with the possible exception of Bob Honey, but he was supposed to be vile, I think. Has she accomplished anything in the first hundred chapters? Everything she figures out, A, has either been figured out by other characters, or B, is completely wrong. Why would Greg Hale rue David Becker's fate in his suicide note? It would be less conspicuous if it was signed with Strathmore crossed out and Greg Hale written in. (laughs) On top of that, our hero is readily willing to cover up a murder, destroy evidence at an NSA facility, and commit multiple crimes against the state, all because she thinks her boss is super cool and she hates privacy rights. On top of that, Strathmore was actually driven mad by his love for her and is actively engaging in treason and murders because she's so hot. Bella from Twilight has more integrity. 
I will take well, your word on that. Yeah, it's a bold Strong, thing. strong words, yeah. <laughs> this one is from Lindsay. My husband and I are huge fans of 372 Pages. Thank you. Thank We've you. been listening to you guys discuss Digital Fortress, and the mention of the harsh, unforgiving Seville sun actually unearthed the memory of a trip we took to Japan. And she sent in uh, pictures of this, uh, so I'll post those on Twitter. While we were in Japan, we looked into climbing Mount Fuji, and one of the pamphlets we picked up contained the phrase, The sunshine is a powerful adversary. Uh, <laughs> on one hand, it's weird and overly dramatic translation, but not entirely untrue. If you are climbing Mount Fuji, the sun could be potentially harmful. There are no trees, shrubs, or foliage on Mount Fuji, so there is no escape from the sun. It's not just the sunburn you have to watch out for, though. It's the strenuous physical activity of climbing a mountain, plus the thin oxygen and high altitude. The sunshine is a powerful adversary. Sounds like it came out of a Banley translated video game, but it has some merit. I've never been to Spain, but I assume Seville is nothing like Mount Fuji. There are shady places to rest. Oxygen, oxygen and altitude are normal, and the act of walking around is probably not too strenuous. And yeah, so these are uh, adorable uh, Japanese cartoon characters saying things like, the sun is a powerful adversary that I will post. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> this one comes from Taylor. The, pop, the plot of this book boils down to old man downloads a virus off the internet. <laughs> he says, I, the, yeah, it's true. <laughs> the grossest and most unnecessary reveal is Strathmore lusting after Susan. Why did Brown feel it was necessary to change the nature of this relationship so late in the book? Why couldn't it have just stayed paternal? I feel like almost every author we've encountered on this podcast has been horny in their own unique way. But Brown seems to have a particularly unpleasant imagination. Now that I think of it, our least horny author is probably Dwight David Thrash. All his characters were noble and chaste, even if it meant deciding to get married, married hours after meeting one another. I think that was, uh, oh man, who was the guy that did that? Oh, Skip I something. I don't, damn it. I don't remember. <laughs> um, uh, Quick Swift. Quick Swift. Quick Swift, yes. He says, I do love this detail. Had his, his wife had tried to be patient, but when she finally met Susan, she immediately lost hope. Bev Strathmore never blamed her husband for her for his feelings. Susan's hotness is so all-consuming that his wife was like, eh, my husband has no choice but to, ne ne to neglect me. However, there is one reveal I don't think any of us saw coming and frankly may redeem this whole book, the explanation in the middle of a chase scene of the origin of orange marmalade. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Taylor, Taylor reveals, he says this, just teasing, the climax of this book that we have not read yet is absolutely mind blowing in its stupidity. So eyes wow. on the prize. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, this one comes from Lucas. Uh, Susan, this is uh, an excerpt. Susan couldn't believe that Tankado would have allowed this to happen. He was a pacifist. He didn't intend to wreak destruction. This is some odd. Then Lucas says, this is an odd logic. A pacifist can't hack someone. Imagine if in the real world, people thought like this. Uh, and then he has a little dialogue here. Nixon, hey, Bob, what's your progress on the Pentagon Papers? Haldeman, we have reason to believe this information was leaked by a Rand employee named Daniel Ellsberg. His specific ideals motivated him to relay information that would sabotage the war. Nixon, wait, he's a pacifist? That's right, sir. Well, then it couldn't have been him. Why would he want to re wreak destruction? <laughs> I think you're misunderstanding. Stop wasting your time with these lousy doves and find the real culprit. <laughs> um, this next one comes from Thomas. I hadn't heard mention of this on the podcast, but Digital Fortress is actually Dan Brown's second book. The first was 187 Men to Avoid, and it's credited to Danielle Brown. And it is like, a, it appears to be like, a, sort of like you might be a redneck, but like, you know, ladies, be watch out for these kind of men. And I tried to find, uh, 
I tried to find... Oh, here's the description. For women of all ages and stages, from those naively starting out on their quest for true love to those who have been married before and should have known better, these one-line observations on the opposite sex serve as an amusing warning signs that ultimately save time, effort, and heartbreak in the never-ending search for Mr. Right. And wow. so I tried to find excerpts from it, um, but like there's no read inside the book on Amazon, so there was no way to find what kind of quips he's, he's dealing but uh, the one, the first Amazon review um, I thought was worth sharing. One star, unfortunate circumstance. <laughs> I don't ever want to rate this purchase slash experience. The book was received, not the book I wanted to purchase. It was another book, a self-help book on closing the deal from the 60s or 70s. I had to guess I returned it immediately with a barcode on a sticker on the back of the book with the title of the book I wanted on it. Part of me wonders if this couldn't have been a bait and switch tactic. I mean, it could have been a simple clerical mistake, but now I am hesitant to attempt to buy this book, even from a different vendor. I'll have, to, <laughs> I'll have to think on it because I really would like to read, look at this book, but don't want the hassle of returning it, especially so close to the holidays. What? This person <laughs> thinks that it's a big scam that they wrote, made a fake book and then just put the sticker on another book? Yep, that's how the scam works. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but wow. yeah, it, it is an unfortunate circumstance, you have to admit. I do, I do. And our final email comes from Theodore. Is anyone else keeping a running list of everything Dan Brown is wrong about? And if so, I have some additions. Catholicism, the architecture of the Seville Cathedral, silencers, there you go, parallel processing, hard drives, airplane hangar wall durability, and biceps. <laughs> <laughs> These are just what I can think of from the most recent reading assignment. I'm not sure I'm angry or spiteful enough to go back through the book and find everything he's wrong about. I can only maintain so many book grudges, and I'm still mad at Ernest Klein. Oh, wow. He's, his goes way back. Yeah. Well, you know, that's, I think we all have some, some lingering resentment from that. So, Yeah, no kidding. Well, there we go. Good emails, good dumb sentences, and uh, a bad book that is coming to an end next week. Yay, but no more Midge. I know. That's, that's Well, I mean, but she does like get to like coo at the same time as someone else, I think. That's true. And so she kicks into action. So, yeah, <laughs> a lot to look forward to. Absolutely. Well, thanks for joining us, everybody. Yeah, thanks, everyone. This is 372 pages. We'll never get back. So long. Bye.